A very good afternoon and welcome back to the Saturday Sports Show here on 102.9 CRCFM. You're watching the UEFA Champions League and Europa League fixtures from during the midweek gone. You eagle-eyed viewers would have noticed a few of the fixtures in the Hungarian capital of Budapest. This has been a recent trend with the UEFA Super Cup earlier in the year also played in the Hungarian capital and I'm delighted to say I have Thomas Mortimer, a Hungarian football expert from the Hungarian Football Podcast, here to talk to us about the evolution of of football in a, in Hungary as it currently is, and maybe some of the reasons for the recent success of the Hungarian national football team and some of the club's success. Firstly, Thomas, thank you very much for taking our call and joining us here on the show. No worries, mate. Hey, how's it going? Very good. Thank you. Uh, would you be able to tell just a few of our listeners about the recent trend within Hungarian football? Because it has been something of recent times where it hasn't been all all that successful, barring the Euro 2016 run. Now we're seeing Ferenc Varos, the Hungarian club, get into the group stages, knocking out Celtic on their, on their way. And it's been a quite a remarkable year so far for Hungarian football. Yeah, um, Hungarian football obviously used to be uh, massive uh, on the world stage in the, in the 50s and, and 60s and a little bit in the 70s. Um, and ever since 86, Hungarian football has just been like awful, um, to want of a better word. Um, and then when communism fell in, in 89, um, Hungarian football has is, is, is been as bad as... as a lot of European nations. Um, I, I'm thinking you, you like to have your Moldova, um, that kind of level. Really, it, it really has been that bad. We've we've lost to some awful teams in in Malta, um, Andorra, Luxembourg, Kazakhstan. Um, it's just been drab uh, for about 30 years. Um, however, when uh, Viktor Orban uh, was made Prime Minister again in in 2010. He was he was Prime Minister for a short period at the start of the millennium. Um, he really um, brought in a football first kind of focus. Um, he's a former semi-professional footballer himself. He absolutely loves the game. He goes to a crazy amount of football matches to say he's he's a Prime Minister of a country. He goes to Hungary away games. He goes to um, club away games uh, in Europa League qualifying for his, the team that he supports, Videoton, um, who are now called Fehova. Um And for a number of different reasons, really, he's invested in Hungarian football. And and the, I guess the fruits of the labour are starting to, um, to be seen a little bit, really. Um, like you say, the past year of Hungarian football has been... Um, almost nothing short of phenomenal really in um, regards to what it's been like for um, for yeah 30 years maybe a little bit longer uh, obviously like you mentioned we did have Euro 2016 and there have been signs throughout Orban's premiership that we have been improving but the past year has kind of um, yeah blown up into kind of ep- almost epic proportions really um, we've we won the Nations League group um, to take us to the top table and that, which just seems crazy that there's only, I think, 16 teams in the top table and Hungary are one of those. We've qualified for the Euros again. Um, that's two years, um, two Euros in the trot. 
And like you say, Ferenc Faros um, also qualified for the Champions League, which was the first time a Hungarian team's been in the Champions League since 2009, um, when Debrecen got there and um, got absolutely battered in the group stages. Um, and Ferenc Faros beat some amazing teams. Like you say, they beat Celtic on the way at, at Celtic. I know it's um, there was no fans there, but it was a one-off game and it was away from home. And, and Ferenc Faros won. They maybe got a little bit lucky, but... Um, they they still yeah were victorious and then they also beat Dynamo Zagreb and Dynamo Zagreb were just a, a fixture of pretty much every Champions League group and and they also beat them so um, yeah they um, and and they didn't even put up a bad fight in the in the Champions League group they almost got a draw away at Juventus um, against Barcelona they were kind of uh, batted in both legs and then against Dynamo Kiev they got a draw at home and then lost away so like they weren't even uh, like whipped by everyone which was really quite impressive um but yeah as a whole uh 2020 was kind of mad and and this year uh like you say hungary hungary will be at the euros they're also hosting the um hungary on the, uh, on the uh under 20 on european championship as well so there's a lot to look forward to yeah that's right the under 20 is being shared with slovenia i believe the two nations are going to take part and, and host that tournament if indeed it does go ahead, I suppose. A lot of these things are up in the air. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and the Hungary under-21 team is actually uh, managed by Zoltan Gira, um, who True. used to play in England for Fulham and, and West Brom. Um, so it's quite a well-known uh, name. But his team have actually been awful. <laughs> um, and that's one of the kind of the signs of uh, that this... Hungarian year has maybe been a little bit of a fluke um, because the the under twenty the undersides that is kind of where you will judge the next generations and and it's kind of what you've seen with England recently. Um, their under twenty their undersides have been really really impressive. Um, or under seventeen level, I think they won the World Cup, didn't they? And then under twenty level, did they win the World Cup or got to the final? I can't remember, but. Um, you kind of think that that they're in for a, um, yeah, and, and the players that they're producing at, at, at that level are really really impressive. Whereas Hungary, um, that's where you want to see the improvements really through all this money that's being spent by the government, and it's not particularly being seen at the moment. Like the the undersides are definitely not performing any well significantly better at least um, than they have done previously, but. And the under-21 sides have just been awful since Gear has taken over. They've only won one game, and that was a friendly against Russia um, back in September. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's not particularly impressive at a youth level. So some of the names that maybe people would be familiar with in terms of Hungarian football, a lot of the defensive bedrock of this RB Leipzig side owes itself to two Hungarian stars, the goalkeeper Peter Gulacsi, and the centre-half, Willie Orban, who's been kind of ever-present uh, at central defence for Leipzig, while Upamecano gets the plaudits. Are there other names that could begin to reverberate around the world stage with, you know, looking back to, to years gone by, maybe a long, long time ago, looking at French Pushkash and Laszlo Kubala? It's not unheard of for Hungary to produce world-class talent. Yeah, um, there's there's a couple more I would add at the moment. There's Attila Zalai, who's a 22-year-old defender who's just moved to Fenerbahce. Um, he's starting every week for them. He's he's really impressive. Um, 
a kind of quick, strong, really good on the ball. Um, it's 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 going to be really interesting to see where he goes after Fenerbahce if if he does progress at Fenerbahce and and become um, what everyone really expects him to become. He might he might be a fit, uh, a player that we see in one of the major European leagues soon, um, maybe at a big club as well. Um, and then there's also Dominic Sobosai, who Hungarian fans have been uh, raving about for, well, it was pretty much just since he he became known. Um, at 16, he scored two um, worldies for the under-17s to take them to the uh, European Championship. And ever since then, he's just got better and better and better. And he recently moved to RB Leipzig as well. So uh, it's going to be alongside Orban and Galacci. Um, and he was coveted by Arsenal and a link to a number of major European clubs. He went for about, I think his um, release fee was about 20 million, which is pretty cheap, to be honest, mm-hmm. for, for the type of player he is. Um, and the, the kind of players that we've seen come through Salzburg recently, um, we think to Naby Keita, Haaland, obviously, um, Minamino, who obviously didn't do that he hasn't done that well in England so far, um, but Sobosai is, is definitely up there with them. Not quite the level of Haaland, but he was uh, he has been outstanding for um, Leaps, uh, for Salzburg so uh, during his time there, um, and he was been outstanding for Hungary. He scored an absolute screamer in the last um, second, uh, I think in like the 91st minute um, against Iceland in in the in the Euro 2021 playoff um, to take Hungary to the Euros, picked the ball up inside his own half, beat a couple of men and just smashed it uh, in off the post out from outside the box. And like he's 20 um, and to do that at that age, after all the hype that he's had for, for years and years, like I say, since the 16 year old, um, Hungarian fans are really, really uh, excited about him. Um, not quite the level of, I don't think he'll quite let it reach the level of someone like Pushkash, but um, if he gets anywhere close um, to that, then I'm sure that'll be a, a delight for Hungarian football fans. And just on Viktor Orban's way in encouraging football in, in the country, if that's the correct word, what are some of the uh, policies or pieces of infrastructure that he has brought through through his love of football into helping create this really excellent year that we have just seen and looks like it's going to continue for Hungarian football. So it's it's really dodgy to be honest. Um, like I say, he he's he is um, he is a Hungarian he is a football fan for sure. But there but there is a economic side to his spending and uh, because he would you just wouldn't be able to get away with it. Um, he he is massively popular in Hungary. Um, every election he goes into, he wins by a mile, and that's and that's not like through cheating or anything. That it's just because he is he is, he is superbly popular. Um, but this policy, when it was enacted, um, has never received um, backing, and it's it's probably his most unpopular policy um, that he actually has, to be honest, um, because. Most sane Hungarians just think it's an absolute waste of time, especially where Hungary were in 2010 um, as a football nation. They just they were nothing, um, and they'd been bad for for ages. And it was just 
inside the country, the the game was just a laughing stock. The league was a laughing stock. But since he's come in, he's, um, I guess, satisfied his cabinet and and the politicians um, that he works with, probably through um, through governmental contracts. Um, so one of the major things that has happened is is that loads of football teams around the country have have had new stadiums built. So um, uh, about 15 have been built and they are all outstanding, to be honest. Um, they're not massive um, because there's no point of making massive stadiums because pe- people won't fill them. Um, the Pushkash Arena, who where you, where you mentioned that games have been played this week, that obviously is quite big. It's about 60,000. 60, but that is the national stadium. But whereas Fenerbahce Varos have had a new stadium recently, MT Car have had a new stadium. There's loads, um, and all these stadiums have been created uh, and given to um, governmental allies through these construction contracts, um, and they've been inflated. And where that money goes, that isn't obviously being spent on labour and and parts. Who knows, to be honest, um, that's kind of how he appeases um, governmental allies and and, and his, his MPs. Um, so there is a huge economic side to it. It's, it's cronyism, basically. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's quite sad to see because um, the health system in, in Hungary isn't particularly great. There's a huge percentage of the country who still live in poverty um the education system isn't great like there are untold problems in the country it's not in a horrendous state don't get me wrong but there is there's definitely uh better places for this money to be spent than um football stadiums and then especially when large chunk of that money is being spent uh, is going into the coffers of of politicians um and and allies so that is the 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 scary thing about it really and 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 there's another kind of scary element to it that 11 of the 12 football clubs that are in hungary's first division are, are owned by a orban supporter or a fidesz who are the ruling state in Hungary, uh, ruling government in Hungary, um, a, a, a Fidesz MP. So, um, the, like, the, the corruption that could go on in the league is is quite scary, to be honest. If if one team were to, well, if Orban wanted one team to win or the government wanted to push one team more than others, it's pretty, it's pretty possible because all the having such a nucleus of um of your support as as the um as as the owners of the club is can lead to real problems and there there is rumor and there is kind of a conspiracy theory in Hungary that that's what's happened a little bit with Ferenc Varos because Ferenc Varos are the biggest club in the nation and since Orban came into power their power as a football club has just been elevated to a, a, a level which we've not seen um, 
triumphant since since communism um, and 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 way before that. So um, whether it's just a coincidence that Ferenc Varas have sorted themselves out during Orban's premiership, potentially, but whether um, there is kind of something a bit dodgier going on, then maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I can't comment for sure. <laughs> The French Varos have been managed by Sergei Rebrov. Is he still in the job there? He seems to have been quite remarkably successful over at at French Varos. Yeah, he is. Um, he, he yeah, he has been like you say, remarkable. Um, it was I think it was even remarkable to to attract him in the first place, and that that just shows Ferenc Varos's stature and 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 the uh, the power and the money that they have at the moment. Um, and that's just going to continue as long as Orban stays in, in power. Um, uh, Sergei Rebrov obviously is a big name, but as a manager, he also took Dynamo Kiev to the last 16 of the Champions League when he was there and he won two titles, which is really tough in that league because Shakhtar Donetsk obviously are, are such powerhouses. Um, so it's not like he was just a big name who, who was brought in on his playing reputation. He was brought in... At, because of his managerial experience as well. So to even get him in the first place is really impressive. And he's still there. It seems like he's going to be there next season. Um, like who will pull him away? I'm not sure. But whoever pulls him away, they've got a, they've got a really good manager in, on their hands. I've, there was talks about Besiktas in, in Turkey, and um, that would, I guess, make sense. Um, there's not been any kind of uh, talk of Western European teams taking him at this stage. But if he, again, takes... Fernand Svaros to the Champions League and maybe makes uh, a bit more of a mark this season, uh, next season than, than they did this season, maybe beating, um, I don't know, someone like a Porto or someone in the group stage and maybe getting the third place or, or whatever. Then, yeah, I think the um, uh, the rumours will continue to swirl and they probably will leave because, I mean, he's an ambitious guy and being in Hungary, um, there's a limit to it. You win the league every year if you're if you're going to be him, and then you qualify for Champions League, but you can't really take it much further. Um, but it's interesting. Um, but yeah, I think I think it just shows the power of Ferenc Varos at the moment. Yeah, a huge club within the country, of course, as you say, dominating the league. Is it fair to say that the Hungarian people aren't exactly footballing mad? It's not it's not exactly how the the Brazilians treat the sport. You know, there are other much more popular sports within the nation. Yeah, so it used to be the same as Brazil in the 50s. Like, it used to be mad. Um, and, and all the time before the, the 50s as well, basically, as soon as Hungarian, uh, in, in, as soon as football was kind of introduced to the Hungarians, it, it just took off and it went mad. And it's the reason why the team was so good in the 50s. It wasn't, it wasn't a team that just came out of luck. Like, Hungary were amazing in the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. If, if World War II didn't happen, like, the everyone kind of thinks that Hungary would have at least won one, one World Cup during that period. Um, but it was and because the team at the time was just so good. And then the, the team at the end of the 50s was kind of and um, uh, kind of coming to the end of, of, of their um, reign as, as, as the best team in the world. And, and they were knocked, um, knocked down off that perch by Germany in the final. And then thanks to the revolution, they never recovered really. Um, but after all the hurt of kind of seeing that team dismantle and and then every other team subsequently getting worse and worse and worse, it wasn't like a, a huge drop off a cliff. Like 
Hungary still qualified for World Cups. They still won the Olympics, which was a lot more um, significant back then than it is now. Um, but it was just slowly, slowly got worse. Qualified for the World Cup in 86, got battered by the Soviet Union in the group stage. And then, yeah, never, never, never qualified for a World Cup since. And I think as that um, quality just slowly dissipated, uh, the enthusiasm dissipated to the same level until it got to a point where the level of football was so bad that yeah, everyone just treated it as like a joke. Um, and it's hard to recover when you get to that level. So, yeah, like you say, there's no... There's no huge football culture in Hungary anymore. Um, there is at certain levels and, and like you, you, you go over there and you, you meet people um, who are absolutely in love with it. And, and you, you see that through social media, you see that at the football clubs, like there is still a huge passion for it with within certain groups. But the overall collective it, it isn't the same. There's not that thriving football culture at every level like you say in brazil or or england to be honest Mm. um which is a real shame and that's that's something that orban is really trying to to change and at euro 2016 you did see that change to be honest like you you saw the whole country were 100 percent invested in it um in Hungary doing well and and Hungary did do well like and I think the same will be this summer as well um when Hungary go to the Euros I'm sure the whole nation will be massively behind them and and the perception is slowly changing but it's 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 a it's got a long way to go like to create a a real passion for the game when you're starting from nothing it is is tough to be honest um and there's always going to be those comparisons to, to what Hungary were because there's no country in the world that have been as good at football as Hungary and as bad at football as Hungary. There is literally no nation in the world that have been like that. Yeah, as high as you could possibly go and as low as you could possibly go. Yeah. It's It's been a quite a remarkable story. So just in terms of, of the Euros that are coming up, hopefully coming up ahead in June, some of the fixtures will also be hosted in Budapest as well. This is going to be another great exercise for Orban to, I suppose, broadcast to the world that Hungary is a footballing nation once again. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, again, if the if the games go ahead in Budapest and, and the, the schedule is not changed, it is, yeah, like you say, a, a great way to portray Hungarian football on the world stage. I think what Orban sees with football um, which you can do with football more than anything. On an economical level, Hungary is never going to be alongside the top nations in, uh, in the world. They're not never going to have an economy the same size as China or, or even the UK or USA, blah, blah, blah. They're never going to have a military the same size as the USA. They're never going to be on a standing level with anything like that. Whereas football is a great leveller. Um, a small nation like Hungary can become world-renowned through football, um, and I think Orban sees that. I think if if and and it's proof that the 50s it were exactly that because how many people really in in the, across the world would have heard of Hungary without the magical magical Magyars like. 
it's just, just a small European nation, but it has such a reputation because of Pushkash and and the great team that beat England in at Wembley and then beat England uh, away from home and got to the World Cup final. Like it, it's that's I think that Orban sees that, and if he wants to create a legacy for himself, um, football is just a great way to do that, um, and it it makes Hungary relevant again. Excellent stuff. Thomas Mortimer of the Hungarian Football Podcast. Thanks a million for joining us here on the Saturday Sports Show and have a fantastic weekend. No problem, you too.